Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2017, and I received an invitation from the Black Employee Resource Group at AT AT&T to moderate a panel. The panel would be simulcast live across three different cities, Atlanta, Dallas, where I was, and also LA. We would be talking about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the impact that his dream had on us today. I'm talking about the Network National. And for some of you, you may not know who that is. It is a group of employees at this organization, which was AT&T. And while the core of it was Black employees, anybody could join, I had a great relationship with this organization. I was a member of the Dallas chapter and they kept inviting me to speak and moderate. I did a eight minute networking session for them. I facilitated that where the groups would come into a big room and you would sit in front of each other one-on-one and speed meet as many people as you could. And I gave them insights on how to do that effectively so it would have a positive impact on their careers. They invited me back again towards the end of my tenure in 2019, where they lined up for the first time a group of African-American leaders from across the company to speak to the membership. It was a wonderful time. And again, you've heard me say, fine people, fine cars, fine clothes. This was the epitome of Black excellence. Well, times are a little strange right now. They are harrowing and they are uh, traumatic. I wanted to bring on the CEO of the Network National so you could hear what it's taking to support Black professionals during this time where a lot of us are saying that we are exhausted. Now, Gina McRae is my friend. I met her late last year in 2020, not too long after I released the book, No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say, I'll Just Include Myself. Gina had me speak in front of all of the Network National Again, I'm no longer an employee there. As an author, they hosted an author event and we got to talk about a lot of the premises and the affirmations, the insights and the data from within those pages. Well, there's something that Gina and I and the Network National share, and that is that we lost a friend in 2020. It wasn't to COVID-19. It came to us by surprise. The predecessor to Gina McRae. Her name, Latia Taylor. Latia was not just my friend as a result of being my colleague from AT&T. Latia was also a member 
of the NSC coaching community. I want to dedicate a moment of silence to Latia, her bright, sunshiny smile, those big, beautiful eyes of hers, and that wonderful spirit that we all came to know and were crushed when she passed far too soon. Here's that moment of silence. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce to you my friend, Gina McRae, CEO of the Network National. She is a servant leader, a culture keeper, and a brand ambassador. This show note, this was recorded before the verdict in the Chauvin trial. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to have Gina McRae on the line with me today. She is the CEO of the Employee Resource Group for Black Americans and anybody else who wants to be all about what's black. At AT&T, it's called the Network National. She's the CEO, and my goodness, it's one of the oldest ones out there. So great to have you, Gina. Hey, thanks for having me. So excited to be here, too, and have be a part of this experience. It's my first podcast, I think. Wow, that's so <laughs> awesome. I'm so honored to have you on. You should do more of them. But, Gina, I remember when we first met. It was awesome. So it was back in 2020, and a few other organizations had asked me to speak. We had just gone virtual, and so much had changed. I mean, we were going through the pandemic And of course, people were losing jobs, people were dying, but you know what? Everybody went digital. What kind of shifts were you guys having to make? Um, a lot. 2020 was really, really heavy for, um, a lot of people, but specifically for, um, the network. And I know that, um, you are, you know, also aware, but our CEO, Latia Taylor, um, suddenly passed away. Um, she was not just um, the CEO of the network, but, you know, she was my friend. She was yeah. my sister. We, you know, vacation together. Families, you know, knew each other and, and all of that. So it was to be in the middle of the pandemic and have that happen. And then, you know, culminating with George Floyd and it was extremely heavy. And I think we, as a, an organization, we were just hurt and just in a deep mourning, but trying to persevere, still trying to go and what would the show must go on? What would Latia say, right? What would Latia do? We got to, you know, move forward. And so it was quite, <laughs> quite a, quite a year. Yeah. To say yeah I really felt that. I really felt it. In fact, at the beginning of this show, I did a monologue with a moment of silence for Latia Taylor. You know, she was a member of the NSC coaching community. And, you know, in general, I am bound by confidentiality not to discuss clients and their information. But, you know, unprecedented circumstances, you know, so many people were dying during the pandemic. And then here we go. Life happens. You know, you forget that life includes death already before the pandemic. And oh, my gosh, my heart just broke. And I felt it, but you know what? She was just on the verge of a breakthrough. She was on the verge of incredible things to come. And then she just came off the incredible 50th anniversary of the Network National. 
event that you guys had in D.C. And I got to tell you, I was so jealous because that was one I really didn't want to miss. But, you know, things happen the way they do. It was phenomenal. Like, I really just, everything that we did, because, you know, that the 2019 was, right, our 50th year. So everything we did that year, you know, impacted um, the 50th anniversary. And it was flawless. Every single thing that happened, it was amazing. I'm so grateful for 2019. Because especially coming through 2020 and mid-20, I'm thinking, I have, you know, you, you think about, oh, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have gotten um, to do this. And obviously we wanted more time to be, you know, be able, but I am just so glad that just for she and I, for sure. And with the network, we got to spend all of 2019 together pretty much like, you you know, doing stuff and kind of ended the year with a trip to, you know, to Napa. Like it was 2019. I'm, I'm just so grateful for that year to have had that and to see the network be 50 years and to be the oldest, the first um, ERG and just the amount of love and support that we got. It was truly a black excellence. Yeah. (laughs) 2019 was an amazing year. And, you know, Latia and I got to know each other so well that year. We got to know each other so well, but we knew each other before we, you know, as colleagues. And of course she called me on a couple of occasions to speak. And I won't forget that wonderful event, one of my last opportunities to sit with other African-American leaders there at AT AT&T and just speak to the membership. It was amazing. It was phenomenal. Well, before we get too into it, Gina, what do you say we have a culture soup moment? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. So, you know, I'm always looking at the threads, always combing through social media to see what people are talking about. And, you know, I talk about the three beasts of the apocalypse in my book and often on the podcast. And just to review, it's that catastrophic failure in leadership at the highest office in our country, which we've gotten a little remedy from. But then we still have some issues at the state and local level in many of our states and cities. But then, of course, we have the pandemic, which is another beast. And that's the health crisis that is coupled along with economic crisis and job loss. And then finally, we've got this rebuke on anti-Blackness. We started to see it after the George, George Floyd killing. And now we're in the midst of the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, to see if they will find him guilty. We all saw it on TV. And now, you know, we've seen several different instances where people who are black or brown have been stopped, killed, maced. Uh, There was an army lieutenant over in Virginia that was stopped and maced for seemingly no reason at all. What is going on? And so now we are also seeing people standing up and saying that it's not right when it comes to racism against the AAPI community. There's so much going on. So what I want to know is this, as Black professionals who are still trying to show up to work, whether it's virtually or in person, and be normal? Like, how do you do that during this time that is full of so much psychological trauma before you even leave the house. What are you hearing from your members? Yeah, we, 
we as a culture, I think as a people are tired, but one of the things that is so amazing about us and what I feel like is the fear from those who don't are not allies and don't understand is that regardless of what we are resilient, we are, we persevere. It is, yes, this happened, but I still got to go to work. I still got to raise my kids. I still got to get out here and, you know, make it happen for my future. I think that there is a level of exhaustion of just really how much longer. And then you see in the age of the internet where everything is more accessible. I think we also are hopeful, you know, just this smidge hopeful that, okay, it's in your face. You cannot act like you don't see this or you're not aware of this. And so I think there is, for our people and for the network and our conversations, we are really, really trying to take the opportunity to educate. And for those who, you know, who want to listen, who want to learn, who want to know, we want to take that opportunity to share that information with them too. So we're tired. We're always tired, right? Like this isn't new for us, but I think that we see a little bit of, of hope and want to hold on to that and grab onto it and, and really try to push um, and in the organization, push that message forward to really link up and ally because it only changes if everybody, you know, comes together and, and get on, gets on. That's board. good stuff. So yeah, here. that's really good stuff. You know, you mentioned the word resilience and you have nailed it uh, generation over generation. This is something that we bring to the table as black people, let alone black professionals. We have learned um, going back beyond, you know, our grandmothers, grandfathers who struggled, we're still standing. And that is the very definition of resilience. That's what, you know, I mean, that's what you're taught to do. I mean, I, I can remember being, you know, a kid and, um, you know, I have four brothers and sisters and, you know, I'm the oldest and, you know, my mom worked, um, you know, our, you know, our dad, is around my stepdad and all, but you know, everybody's working. So I'm still, you know, you're the oldest coming from, and, and that's the culture too. You take care of the youngest, right? Like you kind of help do that. So um, I remember doing that. I remember, you know, being, you know, being frustrated about something not working or something not going my way or, or knowing that, Hey, I really should have gotten this opportunity or I really should, you know, and my mom going, unfortunately, you know, this is the way it is, but you know, we're hope, you know, being hopeful for change, but saying, in spite of never let anybody, you know, tell you're not different. You're not any less than, and just always instilling that, that you got to get up. If you fall down, if you get pushed down, you have to get up. Like that's a part of, you can't just lay down. Like, you know, your mama will snatch you up. <laughs> Still laying down there. So yeah, for sure. Happened to, it's just, it's, it's ingrained from, you know, well, and you know, the flip side of that is, resilience, you know, there's some other thing that comes with it. And that is the psychological trauma that brings you to that point. And I've been noticing where Network National has been creating space for people to have an outlet and even learn how to deal with these things. I even noticed that the Dallas chapter is going to some outdoor venue, I think it's Sandaga, where they're going to have a little time to let down their hair, but they're going to talk to an expert about how to handle these things. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited um, 
for the things that are going on in DFW uh, this year. And even, you know, in, in Metro Atlanta and Los Angeles and Indiana, all of our chapters are really focused on um, trying, you know, trying to figure out not to start healing, but the continuation process, right? Because we are, we're doing that. And our 2021 priorities really speak to what it is that we're trying to do the goal to, you know, to streamline, to how do we make things simple? How do we make things a little bit easier for everybody? Um, we're also talking about, um, you know, growing, making sure that we're growing revenue um, so that we can continue to make the impact in the communities. We can support these programs for mental health and, you know, even have these little, what I think the young people used to call, and I don't think they call it now, but kickbacks <laughs> where you can just, yeah. you know, listen to some good music, have a good time, just unwind, you, you know, you need that. Music is also a huge part, you know, of our culture. So, and then to um, just continue to focus, to deliver that cutting edge career development for our members, working on, you know, making sure that they have the information that they need, that they know the tools and resources that are available to them increasing our involvement in the community. I think now more than ever with the virtual environment, there have been some things, right, that we can't do because we can't get together. But that virtual space, I think we have an opportunity to make an impact because now people, gone is the excuse of, you know, you got to get up and get dressed and, and drive downtown or try to find parking and do all of that. No, all you got to do is hop on a Zoom yes. or hop on a web or hop on a Skype and you can be a part of it. And so that is, you know, what we want to make sure that we're capitalizing on that opportunity to continue to engage in our community and then also just live the brand. We talked a little bit about the 2019, the 50th anniversary. That was the epitome, right, of that was living. That is who the network is. That is who, where we've come from, you know, 52 years now in July of this year. We want to continue to be that light. Be, we want to be the, the organization that other people look to, in which I've gotten, you know, I've had meetings and calls. And how are you guys doing what you're doing? You guys have been around for 50 plus years. What tips can you share? We want to be that. We want to be recognizable in the community community as a help and, you know, a leader. So I'm so, so proud and so excited of, of our attention. You know, I'm proud of you, too, because this is one of the reasons why I even wanted to have you on. You know, the Network National is one of the oldest, if not the oldest employee resource group at AT&T. And y'all got to understand, this is AT&T. This is Mob Bell going all the way back to Alexander Graham Bell and Louis Latimer. I'm talking that old. This company has been around and, you know, it's not just present day network national we're talking about all the legacy companies that became a part of AT&T whether it's direct TV or pack bell some of these baby bells that you know of they all had groups like this and they came together to form the network national and so since so many people you know some people may not be familiar with what an employee resource group is some people call them ERGs. You've heard me say that over and over again. And still there are other folks and other companies that call them affinity groups. But you guys are different. Tell us something about that. So um, for AT&T, right? So employee groups. So we have kind of two parts. We have the ERGs, which is employee resource groups. Um, they are 501c3s. Um, they do receive funding. From, um, from the company, um, it is a way for people to find an identifiable relationship, an identifiable group. 
um, the ERGs are open, even though we are the black, right, ERG, we are open to all AT&T employees. It gives you, it really does give you an opportunity to find something and connect, to be a part of, whether it's like-mindedness, whether it's, hey, I want to know more about that. I want to seek understanding. I think it really allows for that growth. And then, of course, being huge on volunteerism, getting out and working. And then we have um, our employee networks, which are, you know, more from the business aspect of um, partnerships and development, career development, all of that. And they have volunteer things too, you know, for sure. Um, but just really given, I think, EG groups in general, as far as the AT&T is concerned, it's set up in a way to help people connect, to build those relationships, um, whether it's networking, like I said, whether it's just finding people who are like you, whether it's just learning about something that you've never you know, known about. I'm you know, a member of um, Asemos, which is our um, Hispanic group, of course, women of AT&T, but even also with that, um, abilities, um, which is our um, disabilities group. I fortunately don't have a disability, but I know people that do, right? I connect with that. I, and so I want to make sure that I'm being supportive of AT&T veterans, um, you know, inspiration, you know, right now we're, you know, definitely wrapping our arms around them um, for sure. And just, it really, it, it's a family. Like we all yeah. are, even though we have our respective um, groups that we are fighting for or working in, we still all come together in partnership and we're supporting of one another. It is truly an amazing experience that I don't think happens um, at a lot of other companies. And I think that that is why, you know, AT&T is, is you know, moving forward and, and being a, a leader in diversity and inclusion. Well, and yeah, let's face it. There were what, 12 of you guys? The last time I checked, I used to joke it was like the 12 disciples. Yeah. They, I mean, <laughs> very special, very special. And we're and growing and growing. Absolutely. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we've added a couple more that, you know, are coming, coming along. Um, and it is just, it's, so this, I just never, I was probably with the company, you know, for a little while before I knew about ERGs and um, EG groups, but it is just a phenomenal experience. I think I heard somebody say the other day, um, I was on a call and they were saying um, how uh, the ERG groups are kind of like um, fraternities and sororities. Oh and I was goodness, like, you know, you know, there's a little, you know, it's like, we, everybody's repping their, yeah, their yeah. group, but you know, we also support each other and it really does remind me of the divine nine, right? Like everybody has their own thing, but we're all one and we're all, you know, working together. So I, I thought that was a great, I was like, okay, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. I used to get invitations from the AAPI groups to come and speak. There are a few of them, faces, inspiration. There's some others, but it was always, always awesome to be able to fellowship with them because this is the thing. This is one of the key elements that helps this company get to the top of the Diversity Inc. Top 50 companies in diversity. It really is what the work that these ERGs do and the way the company supports them. It's also about the role that you play as an ambassador across all of the ERGs and even to executive leadership. Do you want to talk about that? Um, you know, first thing I will say is um, I was not ready <laughs> <laughs> for I think that. And this is this is something that Latia and I used to joke about all the time because I was um, the COO. So I'm, you know, the operating officer the right hand, I am, we used to joke, the enforcer, right? So it would be 
you know, she's the face and, and whatever she said. And then you see me poke behind and go, okay, you heard what she said. Let's get it done. So stepping into this role, I'm channeling all of my inner <laughs> Matia, yeah. all of my inner to go. I prefer not to be, you know, in the front, in the, you know, but she was so great at it and just so good at, you know, at that and not to, you know, definitely not to make this about her, but um, she is a huge part of, of why I'm sitting in this seat of why I said, you know what? Okay. I can, you know, I can do this, you know, and, and we joke all the time and she would say, you know, you're going to have to do this, you know, when I'm not here. And I was like, well, you're not here. I'm not here. I'm not doing, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm, you know, and so to be sitting in this seat, it, it is an honor. It is extremely a humbling experience. I think that, um, be, being the face of the network has been something that, you know, I certainly don't take lightly. I really do make sure that I am always, you know, that I'm living the brand, right. That I'm making sure that whatever it is I'm talking about, whatever it is I'm doing, whether I'm talking to somebody in the hall when I was at the office, but um, you know, or whether it's on a podcast that I am always representative of, you know, the network and of AT&T. I think that it's just been um, very exciting, very interesting, a, a huge learning experience. I don't know. I think, I think I'm probably learning more than, you know, I'm, than I'm teaching every, you know, everybody's like, Oh, this is, you know, you were, you, you did so well when you said this or you did that. And I'm like, I don't know who said that stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just in the moment. The like ancestors, I'm just, the Lord, yeah. I, you know what? Somebody yeah, just took I'm over. Just like, I don't know who is talking people. Like even right now I'm sitting here going, when I listen to this back, I'm not going to know who that person is yeah. that was talking. Like, I'm, well, it's you, know, you so Gina. It's just been great. You need to own it. It's you. Yeah. Step into your power, girl. <laughs> it's there. For sure. For sure. Just, you know, but that part is the, you know, because I, like I said, I'm behind. I don't want to come out on the stage. I don't want to, you know, do right, anything like right. that. Well, so, and you get yeah. to interface with executives and executive sponsors. And then there is this wonderful event that you have every year called the ERG Conference. And it is so amazing. I was so jealous that I missed it the last two years. It is an awesome event. And some of you as heads of these organizations get to introduce the chairman and the CEO. It's quite an exposure. I remember seeing the president of Hasemos introduce Randall when he was still there. And I mean, what an honor. You get to take pictures with him and, you know, um, talk it up with them. For those of you that don't know, in a company this size, it is a huge deal to be able to get that close to the chairman and CEO. Yeah, it is. Um, the, the EG now, the EG conference is. I think the epitome of um, diversity and inclusion, like you see this group, like in this, you know, we take over this hotel, right? Yeah. <laughs> take Love over it. Almost. <laughs> and, um, you know, in this big ballroom where everybody greets. And I remember, um, I know that there is, I think the 20, maybe it's, maybe it's the 2018, might be the 2019. Um, anyway, one of the um, video reels that they have, and you see like a, a shot where they pan across the whole, um, audience and uh, Randall comes out, you know, and he's talking and, and he says something like, um, you, you know, this group in this room, you guys are what America looks like. It was 2016. And, and I will never forget yeah. because that was the year that Randall got up and did the speech that would be a part of his legacy forever. And literally 
he stood up and said Black Lives Matter before a lot of people in corporate America actually had and you go and to, to be it. in that room was just oh my god like this is history right like yeah. this is this is impactful but I think that yeah it really is and it really humanizes because nobody you know you don't think about when I started at you know AT and T in two thousand four I never thought that I would be in the same room with the CEO let alone have a conversation being able to have one-on-one or even, you know, small group chats with the AT&T executive leaders. And I think for the company to take such an interest and to see the importance and to really make time, like you are not too busy for this event. Like it is a a thing that they look forward to also. Um, I think it really speaks to, you know, AT&T as a company and, and the importance of diversity inclusion, the importance of making sure that the employees are heard that they have a voice and that they're able to speak up. And even now in um, the 2020 wake with George Floyd and now with the trial, I have, I've never been to so many meetings, yeah, I, I, <laughs> right? Like look, just, it's exhausting being black during the time. We're trending. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going, uh, okay, we have another meeting. Like we didn't, who, but, but it's just, but it feels great, yeah. right? That everybody wants to, and it's not just a, lip service type thing like oh we're having this meeting it really and then they follow up and go okay so I did this and I did and I'm like oh okay yes. all right so we doing this for real yes, okay. that is the difference <laughs> oh yeah between, it's just been amazing yeah amazing amazing um the driving culture the overarching culture now it's a huge company you're going to have your little patches of people who aren't on board in general yeah. it comes from the leadership you are going to see that people are actually reaching out and they're trying to have these conversations there's dine, you know, that's that experience where you invite people to lunch that are different from you. And man, those conversations, they just bind you for life, right? It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now tell the people, being CEO of the network really isn't your nine to five job. You have something else that you do. Tell the I people. I do. I do some other things. My goodness. So yeah, for the company, I am a, uh, a senior training manager. So, and I trained uh, new hire. Asian. So I always have to think of myself as the ambassador to, you know, to AT&T. This is, I am the first, you know, other than them coming in, you know, with the HR and doing their orientation stuff. I am the person that they see that makes the first impact on the type of company that they work for. So for me, <clears throat> I take that job extremely seriously, right? Because I, you know, I want to make sure that the company is in, in the best light. And then I also, um, of course, being the CEO of the network, um, have an opportunity to really drive home the importance of EG groups and career development and, and all of that. And so, you know, yeah, I was probably spend over eight hours a day, right. Doing uh, my job, you know, for the company with the, the group, the class with class prep and all of that, and then filtering over throughout the day with the network, um, having to be you know, the CEO and, and making those decisions. And, and I have an amazing, 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 board of directors, national board of directors, our executive board, um, from our financial officer all the way down to our national parliamentarian. I cannot do this job without each of them. Everybody plays their role. Everybody plays their part. It literally, they make it, um, they, I feel like they make it easy. I feel like it could be so much harder than what it is if I didn't have this great team, this great family 
that, you know, we can depend on each other. And we're not just talking about business, right? We're having fun. We're laughing, joking. You know, we know, we, you know, trying to get to know each other's families in some cases. And then, you know, of course, you have new board members come and the older ones, you know, kind of um, move on to other things. But it is just it really is a, a second family and well, a third family. Right. Because I have my first my home family. I'm a mom. Uh, of an adult um, child and she's going to kill me, but, you know, I always call her my little best friend. Uh, (laughs) I love it. He is amazing. You know, she's in college. She has a job, you know, she is doing her thing, but, you know, definitely my little best friend. Um, And then I've got work, my work family, and then I've got my network family. So I'm, I'm so just being a part of AT&T and and to say when I first came here, I was only going to stay a year and now it's been 17 years. Look at that. (laughs) See how it happens. Is this my life right now? Like, I can't believe I'm, you know, because I, I love my job. Um, I that I get to, you know, like I said, be the ambassador for AT&T and train the new hire. So I love my job. I love the network. I love my role that I'm in. And I, I just can't believe this is my life right now. Like, just, wow, this is amazing that I'm getting to do all Well, you are certainly, certainly blessed. And Gina, do you guys have anything coming up project-wise that you might want to share? Oh, we have, we have 34 chapters across the United States. We have international members as well. We are just under, we have about 9,600 members nationwide. I'm so proud of all of the work that they do um, on, on a national, I know, um, so we just had Metro Atlanta just did a screening of American Skin yesterday. Oh, wow. The, uh, the meeting and I think to the movie and then today, I think they're going to have a discussion um, about that um, as well. Oh, I, and it was it was amazing. I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait for this discussion today. I'm going to try not to talk so much, but I can't wait for that. Um, and then you already mentioned DFW is having um, an event uh, coming up soon. And so is uh, the LA chapter, Indiana. Like I, I know that they're all sharing their information on social media and stuff too. So I would just say, Anything, anything, the network, go be about it for sure. And then yes. for, uh, Juneteenth, we do have um, uh, Mr. John T. Grant, um, ESPN um, graduate of um, North Carolina A&T. That is going to be um, our panelist, I guess. It's going to be an intimate discussion between him and the CEO, uh, um, COO DeWanda Ricks uh, for our Juneteenth. Talking about the history of Juneteenth. Talking about, oh, I love it. you know, where, what it means, where it comes from, you know, how, how it's impactful. So I'm super excited about that. That's coming in June. Of course, we have a lot of advertisement around that. But yeah, just all things network, y'all. All things network. Yay. Be about it. <laughs> and let me just say, I was a part of one of your events where you embraced me as an author. And we had an author event to discuss. No thanks. Seven ways to say I'll just include oh, myself. Fun. It was amazing. I just want to say thank you for including me. And you know, the remix is dropping in May in only several days. And I, you know, maybe we should get something together. Maybe I should get you guys some additions or something. We'll see. I just want to say thank you, Gina, for coming on the Culture Soup Podcast. You know, we are heard in 38 countries. So I hope that all of your members are listening from around the world and they can be proud of you. You're such an amazing friend and leader. I'm so excited. I'm so glad this was my first podcast. I, I couldn't think of a better person to uh so honored. <laughs> so great. And man, wow, I can't wait. I'm gonna be afraid to listen to it. <laughs> but I'm excited. Oh, please don't be afraid. All right, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Gina, you thank take you. care. You Bye. Too. Bye. What an awesome conversation with the CEO of 
the network national integrated communications professionals of AT&T, Gina McRae. Gina, I'm so proud of you, girl. Listen, the remix is coming and I have just announced the date, May 10th. Mark your calendars exclusively on Amazon worldwide. And listen, it's a keepsake edition. It's hardcover and it has more coaching, more insights, more data, more actionable tips and advice, more storytelling, and even more than that, more affirmations. Of course, it's all based in applied positive psychology. And the goal is to get more sisters, women of color in the C-suite. So if you want more information, go to lmichellesmith.com. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.